Welcome to the Waypoint What's the Point podcast. I'm Danny, one of the pastors here at Waypoint Church, and this is our podcast where we talk about all things about the life and ministry of our church, and we're so glad you've joined us today. I'm joined by a few of our Waypoint staff members. Hi, I'm Pastor Lawrence. I'm Megan, the Director of Children's Ministry. And I'm Erica, Director of Women's Discipleship. Well, we are so glad to have you guys here, and today we're going to be just talking about Waypoint Church and uh, a little bit of our founding, uh, where have we been, where are we now, and where are we headed. We have a lot of new people coming to the church, and a lot of old folks who are noticing there's a lot of new people, and we thought this would be a good chance to just just uh, to talk a little bit. Lawrence and Megan were there at the beginning, Erica and I joined Woo-hoo. a little later, uh, yeah, so that's our topic for today, so we hope you enjoy it. But uh, before we start, we always like to do an icebreaker. So this icebreaker is going to be for, to get to know us a little better, and it's just asking the question, what's a comfort uh, book, movie, or show that you go to to relax uh, or just to enjoy when you need to take a break or just, just uh, take, a, take a moment of rest? So for me, a, a sitcom that I go to, like, just brainless but fun and I like enjoy watching over and over again is the TV show Scrubs. That's a funny one. I enjoy Scrubs. There's special places in my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you can't get wrong with Gilmore Girls. It's just always a win. I don't know how many times I've watched all the way through, but it's the only show I've watched through multiple times. So I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan as well, especially in the fall. Um, as a family, the office is kind of where we go, especially if like We've been sad and just need something lighthearted. And um, yeah, a book I go to a lot is Little Woman. I've read that a bunch. So comfort book. Yeah, and remember, whenever we say something on a podcast or mention something in one of our lessons or something, we're not endorsing every episode, (laughs) every word that comes out of these things. There's a lot of things that they say. These are not, you know, always written from a Christian worldview, but they do address the world that we live in. So for me, I uh, I like the show The Wonder Years. Uh, go on, Lawrence. Well, I was going to say, is that a caveat for what you're about to say, Danny? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Say? I'm actually not. I, I, I like an 80s show called The Wonder Years. I also like a lot of stupid comedies. I, I can't watch too much serious stuff because then I don't enjoy it. I start thinking about it and theolo- theologicalizing it or whatever and, and processing it. So I tend to – but I also like video games. I like Mario, Zelda, Tetris, Classic. Pac-Man. Classic. Just, just – I, and I like to, you know, do that with the family. So those are those are some of my things to uh, just spend some time relaxing and enjoying other things. Comfort uh, media is that what you'd call it? Yeah, my com- comfort media. Comfort, comfort media. media. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. So any others other than Scrubs, Lawrence? I know you probably have a million. Oh yeah, some video games, Scrubs. Um, I love reading sci-fi fantasy. That's like my go-to comfort genre of reading. So that's why some of your references in the sermons. Or for a niche, a niche group yeah, of people in the crowd, because not, not everybody geeks. would understand <laughs> some of your sci-fi references, yeah. unless it's super pop culture. Um, wow. Okay, so now we're getting to the bread and butter of the podcast. And this is particularly for Megan and Lawrence, because you guys were there at the beginning, and, and Lawrence, you and Gina uh, prayed about and launched Waypoint Church. Uh, I guess the launch season would have been about nine and a half years ago. Almost, yeah. Yeah, and then you would have formally launched about eight years ago. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so what was the vision and why was Waypoint started? You know, every local church is started to glorify Jesus in the place where God called you, but beyond that. Wow, so exactly, actually pretty much exactly eight years ago, we had our soft opening, our very first worship service, at Lowe's Grove Church is the first Sunday in June. 
was our very first. Um, were you there at that, Megan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? 2014. 2014. Yeah. That's crazy. That was that eight years ago. Red carpet. Yes. Hot. Yes. Four o'clock during the summer in Durham with bad air conditioning. Oh, it was so hot. Um, honestly, there's so many reasons uh, to why we wanted to start Waypoint Church. It started off with a calling. I'll be, to be completely honest with you, is one of the biggest reasons initially started off with this desire to see a church that reflected the kingdom and that reflected the community we lived in. It kind of started with me and Gina had a bunch of friends who got together on Saturday night who um, you know, hung out together, went, went out to eat together, but then on Sunday morning we all went to different churches. And it's because we're, we had a different, different ethnic minority group mix of people. Um, people just went to their own separate kind of ethnic group for church. And we just didn't like that. I just, I just felt like it didn't show the gospel to be as strong as it really is. Gospel is transformative. The gospel breaks down barriers. The gospel um, was able to bring people who are look different, ethnically different, racially different, culturally different, socioeconomically different together. And we just never showed much of that in the South in America on Sunday morning. And so that's kind of one of the initial things. Like, could we? Is that possible? Is it possible to have a church that was diverse, truly diverse? So that was one of the kind of the impetus of, of Waypoint Church and its start. Uh, from there, we decided, what does it look like to, to live like, what, is, what does kingdom community look like? That was a question we were, that's a great experiment that we wanted to discover, is how do we live in this American culture with all the things that's involved in it, you know, with, the, with work and school and life and different stages of life and live in this reality of where we're living, but also live as kingdom people in community pursuing his beauty, his righteousness, his glory, while um, seeing his kingdom advance on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's kind of a great experiment. We weren't exactly sure what that looked like, but we just we knew we wanted to pursue that. And how about you, Megan? It's pretty cool. Literally in staff meeting, right before we recorded this podcast, you shared about how you grew up in church and you know were around Christians in college, but it wasn't really till your senior year of college and then joining Waypoint right at the beginning is when you really started growing and seeing what the local church was. What was this experience like for you as someone who heard the vision and then joined on to the vision to be part of the planting of Waypoint Church? Yeah, my um, my senior year of college, I really started to have a fuller understanding of God and um, what that meant for my life. And I was intent on going overseas. That ended up not working out, and I ended up moving into an intentional living community with um, three other girls in a two-bedroom apartment, which was awesome, truly. Um, and I, about that time that I moved in, I think you were probably getting ready to start the cohort for the church planning cohort at Summit. Um, and so we were like really involved at Summit, but when we heard about Waypoint, it was really exciting because we were in a community where there were a lot of refugees and international people. Um, I personally grew up in a small church, so I loved the idea of coming to a smaller church um, where you could really be known. Um, more than you could at, you know, a big church where you have to be really intentional. Not that you don't have to be intentional here too, but um, yeah, so it was really exciting and an easy decision for me. And two of my roommates also joined up. The other one was getting married and moving, so she stayed where she was. But I think it was a pretty easy decision um, from the get-go to to come on board. Anything that you remember about the early vision, like just those first you know, some things that you just remember that were just there from the beginning. Yeah, I do remember the launch team meetings. Like, before we launched, we were in, like, a 
the vault at the summit and we were just like Lawrence was going through the stuff that he had planned and we were all like giving our input and like what do we want Waypoint to look like? Um, and I remember in those meetings is when we determined what our missions budget was going to be. Like from the beginning, it's been like at least 20% to missions. Um, and we just had like simple, like Gina would lead worship sometimes and just like simple and fun. Josiah was in like a um, little baby baby car seat, you know, because he was so little. Um, so just like sweet little memories. Yeah. I mean, I think from the very beginning, we just acknowledged that we didn't know all the answers, mm-hmm. but we wanted to pursue them together. And I think that's been the heartbreak of Waypoint, for, even for the past eight years, even where we're at now, is, you know, we're, we're open-handed. We want the Holy Spirit to guide us and to provide where we want, where we're to, where to go and how we're supposed to get there. So back then, we're like, okay, guys, what are you looking for in the church? <laughs> we, we, God brought you here, brought you part of this launch team, so that means you're contributing to who, what this church is about. I think that's where we're at now. God brought these people here, and now we're asking you, what is this church going to be about? Mm -hmm. It is interesting. I remember when I first met you. I I joined the church. Erica and I joined two years after the launch, uh, and I had met you just before that. And I asked you, why is it called Waypoint Church and not like Nations Church or something to do with a lot of the vision talks about the nations? And I remember you telling me, you're like, well, I love this word. And you, you were very proud of you were kind of the first or the second in all of America. Now there's many Waypoint churches and Waypoint church planning networks. And Lawrence, you were like, but I love this word because we're all on a journey. And I, we want to meet people where they, where they are on the journey and send them to the next part of the journey, whether that's with Waypoint for a short time, whether grad student or for a long time. And I love that. Because it wasn't just, oh, this is a trendy sounding name. It really was intentional to be, you wanted to keep the DNA of we are at its core a local church. Even though we have a heart for the nations, we want to reach the triangle and reach the nations. We want to do these things. But it was a local church has to be vested in where are all our people on the journey? Why has God called them there? And how can we build the kingdom and go keep moving forward toward building so I, I love that and was very attracted to that I'll be honest I was a little skeptical because a lot of the church plants have the name point in them <laughs> like I always said 50% of all church plants either start with an R they're like restoration renovation renewal or they have the word yeah. point in them yeah. so I was a little skeptical that this was like a trendy thing but I, I really loved your answer and it, it meant a lot to me any thoughts for you Erica and you joining the church two years in or um <laughs> Thanks. I no. put her on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> I was prepared to talk about the church now. No, yeah. Yes. No, I do. I will share something. Um, is that I, I was really drawn, like you said, to the vision. We um, personally were at a place where we had we had lived overseas six years, been involved with international student ministry. Wanted a place where we could um, could continue to do that, but. I remember we had said we don't want to be Lone Rangers. We only want to do um, international student ministry if we have a church that's that that's their vision too, and um, it's one hundred percent part of that. And we're bringing students not only just to Christ but to to a church, you know. And so um, that was exciting. But I was super hesitant because at the time we had a thirteen year old, an almost eleven year old, almost nine year old, and there were no. <laughs> Uh, preteens, no teenagers at all, or almost none. I would say there was like two or three, um, and um, no youth group. And I was like, oh, can we do this? Like, is this fair to our kids? Um, 
And we just prayed about it and prayed also for a youth group. And we, we would ask other people to pray for it. And um, I remember people were like, well, in a few years, youth group's going to be huge. I'm like, I know, but my kids will be gone. <laughs> pray for youth group now. And uh, we've actually seen God really provide in that area too, which has been really amazing. Yeah, I think for us, um, early on, God brought a lot of people who really didn't know where to fit in in the church in America. You know, we had a lot of people who wanted to go overseas. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people who came back from being overseas. We had a lot of people who were used to being around international kind of populations and different cultures. And we had different people in different minority groups and kind of like didn't didn't know. We had a bunch of misfits, people that didn't know how to fit in everywhere else. And they kind of fit in at our church early on. So that kind of defined our culture early on as being a bunch of people who um, really related well to being international, being people, um, always, everybody could be a minority almost in, in this place. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a comfortable feel and with intentionality to reach international students, to reach refugees uh, with the gospel while building a local church. All right. Well, that segues into our next question. So that's kind of how we started. Let's say that's kind of from the launch meetings, the initial vision of you and Gina, and then the launch meetings to say year one. So around this time, there's a move to Cedar Fork Church at 9 a.m., a little sanctuary right in, literally in the middle of like RTP, surrounded by like office buildings. and uh, But this little uh, church building, and from say year one to year four, to our first year, first full year in this building after the merger with Journey Church, uh, where have we been? Like what, what are some things you've seen God do and and you know how did that how did that original launch move into that and then what were some surprises like some new ministries that were created because god brought people and experiences that maybe you didn't even think of in those early launch meetings oh, i love reminiscing like this it feels so good it's 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 almost like looking back upon the ebenezers that god's given us to to remember his goodness and to remind our children mm-hmm. and it feels so good to see like wow god you're good and you're faithful when we moved into uh Cedar Fork, we were just so excited to be out of that really hot place. So we were like, mm-hmm. Sunday mornings, yes, not 4 o'clock. And we actually loved that time. Um, and honestly, that was such a sweet, sweet time in the church. This little body of believers growing. We were heavily involved with World Relief at that time. That was probably one of our, that was probably our main ministry. And at that time, World Relief was going through a lot. Um, they were, uh, very early on, that very beginning time was when we had the most number of refugees coming in. And so we were very heavily involved with what World Relief. Adam Clark just took over as director. I was really kind of involved with that. Um, our intentional living community was starting to blow up during that early time. So we had a bunch of young people joining our intentional living community. Um, and so that was growing to pretty really large numbers at Oak Creek and then eventually Colonial, Chapel Tower. Um, it was a really, really sweet time of God doing some amazing work and growing our church. Um, but one of the unexpected things that you mentioned was I've always had a heart for adoption and foster care, but God brought in people who really had a heart. And that became part of our DNA because he brought the, the people who passionately cared about foster care adoption so that passion expressed itself to uh, to other people developing that passion so that that's now actually one of an intricate part of our DNA of our church is we care about foster we care about adoption we care about orphans I remember um, we had just been there a little while and one Sunday Candace Petty stood up and kind of shared her fostering to adopt story and her um, heart for it and opened up um, 
the invitation to come to a meeting uh, that night about it. And I remember several families coming. At that point, the Petties, I think, were the only people in the congregation that were fostering or had adopted um, out of the foster care system. And um, now we were trying to count just now after a staff meeting. Um, as far as adoptions, we think at least eight, but we think we're missing a few. Right. And foster, the people who've been in foster, involved in foster care in some way or another, whether, you know, first limited or longer, we, I mean, it was countless. We were losing count how many mm-hmm. people that we've been able to see. And from that, we've also seen people come alongside others in so many ways, you know, and just, it's just been beautiful to see our, our even, uh, church embrace that. Even the whole church coming involved, and even if they're not trained or licensed to be foster parents, mm-hmm. they came alongside, brought meals or supported exactly. or became part of something called Safe Families that we've, we're part of or um, a new ministry called The Village that so many opportunities have come from one family expressing their heart and passion, inviting mm-hmm. others to join that shaped kind of the DNA of our church. And then it's, yeah, it's interesting too, we were talking about this earlier, there were some things from the get-go that you knew you wanted to be a part of. You wanted it to, you know, reflect the community, you knew you wanted missions and refugee ministry to be a major focus. But um, now some people have come to our church just because of the foster care focus and because of our special needs ministry, which is something that wasn't even on the radar, That's right. you know, and then because of um, of precious children in our church community who have had those needs and wanting to be able to serve them, we've been able to serve so many families that just for didn't feel comfortable going to other churches because of the needs of their kids. So I love that. So over and over again, we see this pattern of what God's doing here is we have some ideas about who we are, but then he brings in the the missions and the, he guides our direction by who he brings us. Mm-hmm. You know, and then over and over again, God's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna expand your horizons for special care, uh, special needs ministry by bringing you precious children." Mm-hmm. And what a joy it is! Now we get to just scratch the surface of where that's gonna go. And so I love that. That's what's happened with foster care and adoption. Over and over again, God keeps on doing this. I love this idea of the uh, cry of the Reformation of Semper Reformanda, is that we're always reforming. Mm-hmm. You know, our DNA, our heartbeats, there's the core things that are just true to who we are that are always going to be the way they are. But there's other areas where God's like, this is who I'm bringing you. I think one area maybe is kids' ministry. You can talk about where kids' ministry has been, Megan, maybe. Yeah, um, just thinking about, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about um, the early days of Waypoint and how we had really just a pop-in, dwell, intentional living community. So many people, the people who do intentional living communities are generally young people, maybe just graduated college. Explain what an intentional living community is, just because we might have some new people at Waypoint yeah. who, didn't, who didn't didn't go to a church that had this per- ministry. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had um, apartments of people in key, like, intentional locations, um, different apartment complexes who would um, meet together to pray with each other, for each other, for our community um so you lived in the apartments where the people you were ministering, you chose, mm-hmm. you had rent, you guys lived mm-hmm. together in those apartment complexes where the yeah. people you were trying to minister to lived. Yeah, yeah, just kind of combining all our circles where we live, where, yeah, um, just and making intentional choices. And as a young person who had lots of options, you know, like just graduating college, there's a million things you could do. Um, so this was something that a, a lot of us chose to do was live in these apartment communities um, with purpose. Um, and so a lot of the people who were in dwell communities 
have now gotten older, you know, like I was 22 when I moved in. I just turned 31. Um, Most of us are married and have kids, one two kids um and so the two like plus the, yeah, some of them. the natural progression of having a bunch of young people who are involved is that you move on to the next life stage and um for us that has meant so many kids so um we when we first planted waypoint we didn't have a youth group we did have some kids i don't know how many kids we had at the beginning i don't have that information um n- not as many as we have now that's for sure <laughs> no one here. um and so we've like kids who were originally part of waypoint have at least one has started going to youth group now. Like they're old enough to go to youth group. So like we're seeing kids get older um, and more families are coming. So when you have a church that is like, has a fun kids ministry that teaches kids simple truth about the gospel, um, they invite their friends who are also looking for other churches with great kids ministries. And so I think um, we have built a really great kids ministry over the years with, with awesome kids. So many kids we have like, approximately 120 kids on our roster including oh non-members including non-members who have been attending regularly we got about 120 um so that's a lot of kids i think when yeah. we left cedar fork we had about 120 adult members that's now insane. we have 120 <laughs> children <laughs> one thing that's really cool too about the kids ministry as you can see where our vision and prayers merge with Journey Church's That's vision right. and prayers because they they didn't have any kids. They built a children's wing and prayed that God would provide, and God provided abundantly, you know. Abundantly. <laughs> <laughs> we are about to bust out of some of the classrooms. Well, it's yeah. incredible because that's what their prayer was. They, they just said, we want to hear children's voices in the Aww. hall. That was what they were praying for. Now, if you come, even during the weekdays, yeah, we have a Friday. packed out yeah. wait list preschool. You know, and then now you come on a Sunday morning and, oh, you'll hear kids. <laughs> Might not be laughter all the time. <laughs> Most of the time laughter, but mm-hmm. it's incredible. And it's just incredible to see that God has brought so many children. And, you know, I think that's part of what, once we get, what God brings us drives who we, what we are yeah. passionate about. Mm-hmm. He's brought us wonderful children. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be passionate about children and taking care of them. We've always been passionate about children. But even more so, more energy, more focus to... We want them to know the Lord, and know that they're loved, and know that this is a safe place for them. Mm-hmm. All right, so this feeds into kind of where we've been and where we are now. I'm just going to say, you know, this is our mission statement. It's, it's Our mission is to love the triangle, love the nations, reach the triangle, reach the nations. And originally it was it was uh, reach Durham, reach the nations. We we expanded it when we, we technically are still in the city of Durham, our location. We're in the city and county of Durham with the Chapel Hill Postal Code on an old rural postal route. So we're in Durham Hill, if you want to call it that. But uh, we, yeah, we, we have a heart for the triangle and the nations. So how is that still in our, how was that? So this is kind of answering for where we've been and where we are now. Like the the tri- loving the triangle, what does that mean? Reaching the triangle, being a part of the triangle, and then being a part of what God's doing around the world. I think it still comes back down to one of our things that I preached early on at Waypoint from the very beginning is that we have a twofold purpose with the local church. And a local church, one of the purposes is one is to be the coming attraction, the preview of the kingdom. We want people to look at our church and if that's a preview of the kingdom. That's like, man, I want to be a part of that kingdom. I can't wait to see that kingdom happen. And then two, we're the 
the very means of that kingdom come on earth, as, the very means of that kingdom advancing, you know, on this earth as it is in heaven. And so what that means is that we, we love the area of our community so well. We want to see justice. We want to see mercy. We want to show grace. We want to love our community so well that they taste and see that the Lord is good. And they want a piece of that kingdom. And they make, see disciples being made, which advances the kingdom. And so that's how kind of it all flows together. So that's who we are as our purpose of a local church. Yeah, one thing um, I'm passionate about is I feel like in order to reach out around us into the nations is to be um, spiritually healthy, spiritually growing, being formed into Christ-likeness. Um, and so I've been just encouraged the ways that we've been able to do that um, present tense through I'm thankful to to be a part of women's ministry and um, studying the word together, fellowshipping. Um, I think even Sunday mornings, I've just, I learned so much from the sermon series and even like this podcast and the supplemental things that we do um, to grow together. So that's been exciting for me. Yeah, for me, you know, I came as part of the nation's piece. You know, I was hired to originally be a part of Waypoint to be on the pastoral staff, but also to be a campus minister at Duke to international students. Uh, and I've been allowed, I've been able to do that. But I think one thing that's really awesome is Lawrence's heart to just knowing that there are people in the audience that come on Sunday mornings that English might be their second language or that we want to be a place that any person could come, whether they've sat in a church their whole life or they've never been in a church. And it's been neat to see how we've been intentional for say Easter Sunday. Like we add extra slides of, you know, put the Bible verses up for everything we say. We try to be really thoughtful, try to have multi-language, like English and Spanish Bibles, English and Chinese Bibles available as gifts to students or people who come from different nations. We try to offer what we do at Duke with the International Student Ministry and with our partnerships at UNC is allowing us to provide a space on Sunday morning or at community groups or at our, even a lot of international students came to your, the uh, kids ministry event at, at Halloween, the trunk oh, or treat. Trunk or treat. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, yeah. I, I was like, I thought it was a bad idea. It's some of the supper club hosts, which is one of our Duke campus ministry offerings. They brought their students to that. And I, and in my mind, I'm a campus minister and I was like, I don't know if they'll like this. They loved it. An event for American kids International students from Duke came and enjoyed it and just got to see the church body. So we're doing it on Sunday mornings. We, we're, we Easter Sunday, we had a lot of internationals here, and we really went above and beyond to make them feel welcome. For many of them, it was the first time they were ever in a church. Uh, and Christmas Eve, there was, I think, 14 students who had never been in a church who came to our Christmas Eve service. So we're, we're always trying to be intentional in all we do to, to love and reach internationals. Those and, are some examples. And it's amazing to see how God's working through international students, also through our refugee ministry. Um, our ESL class is bigger. It has a lot bigger scope than it's ever had before. Our citizenship class is bigger and has more scope than it's ever had before. We recently had an event um, where we had over 100 100 Muslims come to be a part of a dinner event where they had conversations and gospel conversations with 40 of our volunteers all having dinner together. And to probably for 95% of them, that was the first time they ever stepped foot Absolutely. in a church building. Similar to the Thanksgiving dinner we have for international students. Like for many of them, it's the right. first time they've ever seen Christian hospitality. Yeah. And it's just incredible to see that there's our, our, our desire for the nations hasn't shrunk. 
It's, it's grown bigger. And our capacity has gotten bigger. We actually give more now than we've ever given to Samaritan's Health, to to um, different uh, to the IMB, to World Relief. Um, it's just just part of who we are. We support like I can't. I don't want to get it wrong, but over ten, uh, maybe more more than ten folks who do who are on the field doing missions and evangelism and, and discipleship work on the field and campuses and throughout the world. Right. And those are just the direct support from our church. And that still comes back to from the very beginning. Like, like Megan said earlier, I came back to one of the decisions we made as a launch team was 20% of our budget because it's supporting people like that. And it's still part of who we are, still part of our DNA. All right, so I'm going to go through our five um, our five core values and just say how are they part of where we are and, yeah, worship. Worship. How do you feel about worship? One thing we were talking about, you go with what God has given us. I think when you were formed, you weren't for sure like, oh, we're going to have a gospel choir. Yeah. But you do, and I it's awesome. That. And it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a joy. One of the things that we talked about is, is when, we, when we talked about worship early on, we're like, well, what what makes worship more international or diverse? We just said, you know, let's just, whatever voices God brings us, let's make sure we use them all. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we did. I mean, it's so incredible. Like, sometimes we're... You know, I, I always joke about it, but when like if the gospel choir sings, we got a little more gospel going on. You know, if my wife Gina is leading, we have a little more uh, folk, folk kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah Americana folk, yeah, a little yeah. more. I always just say acoustic you feel. Yeah, she yeah. loves the old banjos. School stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just different for, um, and I just love that God's brought so many incredible voices. God's brought people like Nathan and Young and Gina and Gina and mm-hmm. you know uh, just so many people who've blessed us with their ability. to lead worship well and um, it's incredible to see it but just the priority of having a worship time on a Sunday morning where we grow together we worship God together corporately enter into um, his presence together be part of the community assembly together and what I love about it is most everybody will say when they walk in is that it's not a, we're not monolithic we're, we're, we're not we're very um diverse you know they, they, they look around and be like you know what I can come into this place and not feel like I stand out I can walk in and be a different skin color and I feel like I stick out because there's somebody else with my skin color here too. All right, so in worship, so one of our other values is the Word of God. So how have we incorporated that? I mean, I have a cool story that I'll start with my story. So when I first met Lawrence and he was telling me about the church, he's like, yeah, we're, kind of, we're preaching Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. And, and, we, and I said, why? And he, you know, he's like, well, I kind of want to let the Bible teach. He's like, I'm worried if we have topical stuff then it's kind of like what I want. But if we really just keep going back to the Bible and keep going back, for, and you wanted to go back to the Gospels often, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John often, then it's like the text is teaching us. Now we might deep, like say, instead of teaching this one, we might do this book right now because it fits better. And then I noticed at one point you were like, where are we headed? And I remember telling you, I was like, I think on the path we're on, we could teach you the whole Bible in 10 years. And you, you kind of challenged me to like, could you map it out? where we could do that while teaching the, not every verse, but the entire arc and theme and, and the good news from, from Genesis to Revelation in 10 years. So that's my personal story. And it's, it really excites me to think that's that the-, the kind of challenge you love. Yeah, I love that challenge, <laughs> but I love it that we're a church that the word is gonna teach us. So like we're in Colossians right now. So what God's gonna teach us is we're just gonna teach Colossians as Paul meant it to be. And how do we glean from that as, as modern Americans? in our context so yeah i mean i think there's a true intentionality i don't know how many of our church people realize it 
But there is a true intentionality to how we're trying to formulate the scripture, what we're preaching on, what we're teaching. Danny did a great job of mapping out this 10-year program of like, oh, we got every book of the Bible covered, which is so cool to say. You know, Megan's been here for eight years now, so she almost got it. She almost had, she, she almost could have had the 10 years. <laughs> but um, and even, even like the Bible study reading plan, we just put a true emphasis. I know the women um, in their in their um, Bible studies and the men in the Bible studies, they've been diving into the Word so deep. One of my favorite things is when Gina, sometimes I'll fall asleep before she's done with the Bible study or she'll wake me up or distract me. She says, Lawrence, let's listen to this, listen to this. It's just so incredible to see um, our people falling in love with the Word. And not just because um, they want to use it to get better, but falling in love with the Word because it shows us who God is. They're falling in love with Jesus. Amen. Yeah, speaking of kids' ministry in the Word and how you, you've set up a, a program for the kids. Yeah, first I was just going to say plug for the Bible studies. <laughs> I love the women's Bible studies. And I was just thinking about when we started doing those over the summer, it would be like everybody, all the women in one place. Mm-hmm. And now there's like... I mean, how many did you do? Three this past three, time? yeah, one Zoom, two Yeah, person. three this past time. Just, like, incredible. I know the men are, like, doing their Saturday morning thing when they've got that going on. So just, like, cool to see how that's grown. And I just really encourage all the women to do the women's Bible studies because they're great. Um, in Waypoint Kids, uh, we I stepped into a model where we um, were already in a pattern of going through the whole Bible, you know, as much as you can in three years. Um, So year and a half in the Old Testament, year and a half in the New Testament, um, because we really want our kids to see how how God is throughout the whole thing. It's this one big connected story. And so um, we really want to be teaching our kids the fun stories and the harder stories um, and for them to see how mighty God is. Mm. I I think one of the things that uh, I find to be um, really fun about the way uh, our church operates around around the Word of God is is this idea like we just have a, a church that is really biblically literate and they want to know more and they want to get to know God more through the Word of God so I just love we have a focus on the Word of God but it doesn't I don't know. I feel like we also have a place that doesn't create this pretentiousness where we have this we have the knowledge we're the knowledge keepers right. you know we we really want to flesh out what the Word says. Yeah. And I just love that about, and I just thank you guys who are listening. I mean, that's what you guys do. You guys f- flesh out the word well. One thing that we've been intentional about in women's ministry is not always doing studies from the same leader. Mm. We have, we are doing another Jen Wilkin now, and we'll, it's a two-parter, so we'll do our again. But um, and trying to get different perspectives, we've had, um, yeah, a couple of women of color um, in the studies. We want to definitely. Um, we're big fans of uh, Ruth Cho Simons. We want to, you know, uh, we've done one of her studies. So, um, yeah, try to get different voices um, through, our, through our Bible studies as well. And, you know, one of the things that as we see where God's moving us now, one of the things that I actually asked Pastor Eric to do a report for the elders this, this Sunday, I asked, you know, Pastor Eric, where are we at with in regards to kind of new people in our church. Mm-hmm. You know, because most of you guys have probably seen, we've seen a lot of new people, but what does that really equate to, right? So, Dan, do you remember the numbers that Eric gave us? Yeah, I think he said over 80 new people have joined Waypoint in the last... You new know, members. New members, yeah. So these are not people just attending. These are yeah, new, these are new, new members, members with about another 45 to 50 in the pipeline that have gone through at least one of the two new member classes and probably are fairly regularly attending Waypoint and and are interested in in joining our fellowship and our community. 
Hey guys, this is Eric Weiner here. Just wanted to jump in real quick to do a little fact checking on this episode. Uh, Danny mentioned that we had added 80 new members to our church. Uh, that's not entirely true. Um, what what the actual number is is we we've added 40 new covenant members in the past eight months, which is still still really exciting, still really amazing. Still, uh, and, and like Danny said, there there are about 40 to 50 new people who uh, are interested, who've come to an Explore Waypoint or have expressed interest in, uh, in, in taking that next step or actually attending next steps or, or have expressed interest in next steps. And so um, that is something that, that is exciting. There, there are a lot of new faces coming into our church body. And, um, but just wanted to set the record straight, 40, not 80. And that brings us to an end of our fact-checking segment. Back to the show. Yeah. So it's it's pretty amazing, and that'll that'll lead into the next two parts. So we're not going to talk about our two of our other values are the nations and missions, and we've already kind of talked about how they were part of our DNA from the beginning. They're part of our DNA now, and they'll always be part of our DNA. And the triangle has a lot of people from a lot of countries, so we get to be a part of that, and we praise God for that. To a couple major universities and companies and people that God is bringing here. Uh, but there's the one in the middle, gospel community. That might be the one that most of the people have the questions about. Like, we are pushing 200 members. Uh, we are probably by the fall of our Sunday morning attendance. Right now, with kids, is, is close to like 260, 270. I mean, it, it, could be over, it could be over 300 with kids Sunday morning. So people are going to start asking, how do we continue to have gospel community? And how do the old folks meet the new folks? How do the new folks feel connected? So this is kind of like where we are now and a little bit of where we're headed. So how are we going to have gospel community when we have more kids than we had members, you know? <laughs> and when we have a lot of new people really excited to plug into what we have at Waypoint Church, but also you know, just new, and then the old folks trying to meet them and, and people moving to different life stages. So that's my question for you guys. Like, where are we now and where are we headed with that? Great question. Well, one thing I know, um, Pastor Eric isn't here right now, but he spends a lot of time thinking about this and he definitely has his work cut out for him. He's got like seven whiteboards. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like seven whiteboards. And it's like, yeah, this moving puzzle all the time. Who's in what community group? Who's coming on? How can we, you know, help people plug in? Um, so we're so thankful for him in that role. Um, and um, yeah, this is something we spend a lot of time as a, as a staff team talking about as well yeah i think we um as a staff we try not to overwhelm the schedule because we want everyone to be able to come to these events that we plan um so like i mean coming you got to come to the events to talk to people so you know coming to lake day being part of vbs on sunday mornings being either on the greeting team or in kids or on in on the sound team you know you meet people coming early yeah hey coming early is a good one you meet people that way good Um, coffee that's right that's right if you come early you get the coffee um so i think just like being part of the things that we do, um, we try to make them easy for you to bring a neighbor, um, bring an international student or someone you're investing in. Um, so yeah, just coming to the things. I'm going to say two words, just humility and intentionality. Um, I don't think it matters if we're 50 people, if we're 400 people. What matters is are you intentional and are you humble? Um, because it comes down to both. You know, are you humble to be like, maybe let's just see what the Spirit is doing. 
If the Spirit of God is deciding to move Waypoint Church in a certain direction, if the Spirit of God is moving Waypoint Church to say, hey, let's focus a lot on kids, or let's get a little bit bigger, or whatever it may be, then embrace, trust that the Spirit knows better than you. You know, and be humble enough to see that maybe there's other people who have different voices that may be guiding us in different directions, and be humble enough to say, wow, God, look at what you're doing. Let me be a part of that. Intentionality. Life is busy. I Guys, believe me, I get that. I truly understand that. And it's, I know it's easy for me to say as somebody who's on staff. But even being on staff, I know life is busy. But you need to be intentional. It's so easy in America, in American society to like seclude yourself from people. It's easy to get your shipped orders sent to you and Amazon sent to you and all your streaming devices so you don't have to know people. Right? Be intentional. Be intentional about the community that God's blessed you and called you and you've and he gets this you've covenanted with. Can I say this word, guys, as a member? You know, if you're not being intentional and humble, then what what if you were in a marriage and you're not being intentional and humble with your spouse, that's a recipe for a disastrous marriage. You've made a covenant. The church and you have made a covenant to be in membership together, and that means being intentional and being humble. And if, you, if you're not finding gospel community, either because the day of the week of your community group isn't working out or you just don't click or you just it, it's been hard for you, come talk to us and we will help you. But when we give you advice or thoughts, you got to follow through with them. Like you can't come to us and say, I'm not getting community and then not be willing to to go to one of the women's Bible studies or the men's studies or go to an event that maybe you're not comfortable at. A lot of our events have a theme like men's Nerf night, but Eric's going to say a hundred times, even if you don't like Nerf guns, it's still most of the time it's of that night, it's going to be guys sitting around talking, hanging out, eating snacks, getting to know each other. So we're, we're going to tell you to be intentional, to be, to come into the spaces on Sunday morning and at other times to get to know people and, Every, the, the triangle's of a, a place of transplants. Almost everybody here isn't from here, and even the people from here feel, can feel disconnected for, you know, from their family. So let's all be kind and gentle and generous toward each other, be thoughtful to welcome one another, invite someone to lunch, invite someone to, to your house. If you enjoy doing something, at, put on the men's or women's groups, those groups on Realm are amazing opportunities. Say you like playing video games, Super Smash Brothers. Just say, hey, does anybody like to play Super Smash Brothers? And see who signs up. Tennis. Like, as you're doing your normal life, things you like to do, see if there's other folks in the body who would like to join you in those. And if it's really not working, before you give up, come and talk to us. And see, help let us be able to help you find gospel community. Because it, it can happen even as our church grows and even as people f- might feel a little more disconnected because they come on Sunday morning and they're like, I don't know everybody like I used to. Mm. You know, I love the question you asked, David. where are we headed? And that, it, that question is only going to be answered by who's God bringing us and where do you guys want to go? We have an incredible congregation of amazing people that God's blessed and called together to be this body called Waypoint. And so what are you passionate about? What's God gifted you with? What spheres has he, what of influence are you around? You're going to determine where we're going as a church. So please don't wait around for me to determine that for you. This is what we do together. One exciting thing that I see happening recently is um, a renewed emphasis on prayer. Mm. And I think um, 
that's a place where we can all plug in and be a part. And I'm excited to see how the Spirit will lead as we um, as we seek Him. Another area that I feel like kind of defines us as a church is that we've been a place of healing for a lot of people um, who come in from broken situations, past church hurts, um, abuses, whatever. And um, we don't see that we were that place of healing because we're better than everybody else. For some reason, there have been just a lot of people who've been hurt. And what we wanted to be is a place where we can process um you can he- hear and experience the love of God, and um, you know you can lament, you can weep, you can grieve, but also know that you can be loved. Uh, and so we want to continue to be a place of healing because there are a lot of hurt people in this world. Yeah. So as we think about where we're headed, so I, all of you out there are asking, are we going to go to two services? You know, because there were all a couple people out there asking this question. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've been, I've been asked. I've been asked because there was like two or three Sundays. The there was there was one Sunday before COVID where yeah. we were really full, and then there was one Sunday about six weeks ago mm-hmm. where we were really full, like right, right. busting at the seams. Our kids' ministry always feels full in the back. <laughs> yes. and, it is. It is. And, it is always. And full. and it's like, so what are we gonna do? Like some people will say that to me. You know, are we gonna and. The short answer is, is we've added gravel. Uh, we can add more, some more parking spots. We're going to buy some more chairs that are a little, uh, have a smaller frame so we could fit more people in there. We did uh, move the stage uh, back a little to add more space. So we're doing some of those things. But, you know, God put us a 10-minute drive from a major university with lots of college students. And we want to be available if this is the best, if Waypoint's the best fit for college students, undergrads, many grads already come to Waypoint, but a lot of undergrads haven't. But we have a lot of campus ministers who go to our church. So we want to be able to have space for undergrads. We want to be able to have space for you to invite your neighbor. We want you, we want to continue to reach this community. Mm-hmm. Do we want to be a mega church? No. Do no. we want to plan other churches? Yes. Uh, do we want to say no to some people who or live in the proximity of our building and this would be the best fit for them? No, we want to have open hands. So we're, we're going to, as elders, as staff, uh, we are praying about this this summer to see what might happen in the fall. If we stay at this steady growth, we might have to do some things to fit more people on Sunday mornings, go back to the shuttle that we started right before COVID. So, so we are asking God, what it means to trust him with the people that he's brought us. And we want to disciple you well. We want to create gospel community. We're not just growing for the sake of growing, but we do know that we're, we're a loving church that, and we want to reach people. And reaching people means people showing up on Sunday morning. That's a, so, so pray for us and be part of the conversation and yes. be part of the, the way for us to be able to, to do what God's called us to do. And who knows what this will look like in five years if we can plan another church in the triangle with this building, how we can continue to use this building in so many different ways uh, each during the week, all week. So th- those are kind of my thoughts of where we're headed as far as will we lose our DNA? No. Will it look different? Will it feel different? Of course. I mean, if there's just more people. that So that's kind of what I've been praying. And I, and I, yeah, Lawrence or Megan, or if you guys want to speak into that. But that's, that's just kind of where my heart is right now. 
Yeah, I've been kind of reflecting on, because if you don't know, I'm getting ready to move. I won't be at Waypoint anymore. I'm in my, my like, last week of working here. And um, just been reflecting on the path, leave, God, <laughs> the path God has taken me on. And I wonder, like, having done the Exodus study, what did the Israelites think the promised land was going to look like, you know? Um, they certainly didn't expect the crazy path that they went on. Um, what did we expect Waypoint to look like at this point? It's a little different, probably, than what we expected, but the, it's still true. It's still true to what we expected, but a little bit different. Um, and so, yeah, I think what God has for us is where we want to be. We don't want to be outside of that. So I think That's we can good. just like we can look back at all these things we've just said and say, "Wow, God has been so faithful." Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And that, I think that's the word for us is that it's God's church. I had a, I was telling one of my uh, friends of mine, he's a pastor, somewhat of a mentor to me. And I remember telling him recently, I was like, you know, gosh, I just, the perfect size of a church, I, look, I just want to keep it really small. Life is easier for me that way. I don't see as many people, you know, I don't have to worry about shepherding that many people. It's a lot easier than me. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, oh, I'm so glad that you know better than God what the right number of size, what the church size should be. And I just looked at him like, I hate you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think ultimately what we're, what we're saying is, God, we trust you. Mm-hmm. Even in the meandering journey through the wilderness, even when the promise land, we don't know what the promise land is going to look like, but we trust who you're going to bring and where you're going to take this church. And so, God, this is your church, and you bring the people. Yeah. So, guys, where we're headed is we're going to continue to be faithful to what God's called us to. We're going to continue to love people, disciple people. We're going to continue to follow those five core values. And then each of these plumb lines that God lays upon our hearts. And as new people come, we're going to get new experiences. We're going to see different parts of the body of Christ. And we're going to continue. One of the phrases we started using, I don't know when, a couple years ago, is we, we're, we just want to be the local church that God has called us to be. And I think we say that in staff a lot. It's like that's we just – we're a local church. We want to reflect the kingdom here, but we're a local church with a big heart for the world and a big heart for what God's doing everywhere. So that's our DNA, and whatever God, wherever He leads in that, I th- we just want to follow Him. And we want to be faithful, and we want to be humble. And yeah, so thanks, y'all. Uh, I will end with Paul's word to the Corinthian church. I lost my place in my thing, but. Uh, you know, he's praying for the church, I mean, not Corinthian church, the, the church in Colossae, which is what we're studying right now, Colossians. He's, he's saying that he's, he's praying for them and the church at Laodicea, two different churches. And he says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all hidden, in, sorry, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we just want to be a faithful church that just seeks Christ and pursues Him. So thank you for joining us in that. If you ever have any questions or just want to talk more, all of us as the staff are more than willing to share with you, pray with you, and and, and trust God with you as we build His kingdom as Waypoint Church. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye. Have a great week.